Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Countdown to Infinity. This is episode 13. Today, we are talking about Captain America Civil War. This is a big one, um, although I'm hoping we could maybe keep it a little shorter than the Avengers one, because, oh, we talked for a long time on that one. Well, I'm planning to uh, see Pacific Rim after we record tonight, so uh, hopefully I don't miss my show. More like Pacific Poop. Uh, I don't. I don't specifically, I don't actually know if that's true I, or not. Uh, hope that I don't miss my showtime. Yeah, no. All right, well, then, apparently it's good. Apparently it's not as good as the first one, but right, I'm, well, I'm here for big robots. So, all right, that's fair. Let's get into this. Uh, hey, I'm James, and he's Matt. Hey, Matt. Hi. How's it going? Good. Do you like this movie? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're done. Let's go. Yep. All right. Now cool. you can see Sweet. your movie. Man, Perfect. I should have bought a ticket to the seven o'clock show. Uh, no. Okay, so, today, we've got Captain America, Civil War, uh, this is, I mean, look, most people just call this movie Avengers 3, um, 2.5, yeah, 2.5, and they're not really wrong, like, they're a little wrong, it, they're, so here's the thing, they're a little wrong, but they're not entirely wrong, yeah, right, um, but first, hey, this one is directed by, the Rousseau brothers. It is. Uh, and that's a big deal because these are the guys who are directing Infinity War. So, one could argue, if you enjoyed that the direction that this movie took, uh, which is I to do. say, if you enjoyed the way this movie was put together and presented and made and shot, then chances are you're probably going to like what they're doing over with Infinity War. But I guess time will tell. Um, we've got... Pretty much everybody in this movie, we've got Chris Evans, we've got Robert Downey Jr., we've got Scarlett Johansson, we've got Sebastian Stan, Seb- Sebastian Stan we got Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Chadwick Boseman, uh, first appearing, by the way. Yes. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, we've got Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd back, um, uh, Emily Van Camp. Who's Emily Van Camp? Uh, Agent 13. Thank you. I thought that's what it was, yeah. but I wasn't sure. Tom Holland. Tom Holland, first our, appearance. Our buddy Tom, first appearance. Um, and we got William Hurt and, oh, there's just, there's a lot of people, yeah. uh, in this one. Paul um, Bettany. Paul, Frank, yeah, Paul, Frank yeah. Grillo, Daniel Brühl. We got everybody, everybody. We got, yeah, literally everybody. I guess, uh, what's, uh, who plays, uh, what's, uh, freaking, it's William Hurt. That is, it's yeah. General Ross. Ross. Yeah. Re- yeah. Returning I, from the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. From a long time ago. Like, deep cut, like, I would probably not be surprised if I went back and talked to uh, the James who watched this for the first time. I'm pretty sure that that guy probably didn't even put that together at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Maybe. I don't know. Like, we're we're talking years between these movies, right? Between Mm -hmm. Incredible Hulk and, and Civil War. And I hadn't seen Incredible Hulk at the time that this movie came out, which was May 6th. Uh, 2016. It had been eight years Morning. since. Yeah. Uh, or so I don't know. I'm just taking. A, I'm just taking. A, I'm just taking a guess. Yeah. Um. What did this movie make? 1.153 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh. It it runs for 147 minutes. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's a fun piece of math that I've never done before. Uh. One one five three zero 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 zero. Uh. My calculator doesn't wait. Turn it sideways. Zero divided by 147. This movie made $7.8 million per minute. Nice. 
that's kind of insane. Yeah. <laughs> if you calculate it that way, which only an insane person would do. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> Everybody, that's, I assume that's how uh, Box Office Mojo keeps track of all of its really important stats. It's per minute, is, per minute of film is... runtime and not per minutes of film actually broadcast. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or per seat. All right. Let's uh, let's dive into this. Um, That's seven hundred fifty million dollars per eyeball per person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, all right, Matt, run us down. What happened in this movie? You have three minutes. Go. Three minutes. Have you have you seen the breakdown of how long it takes me to explain these things? Yeah, you, you did Ant Man really fucking fast. Well, Sorry, that's true. Swore, but oh, you come swore on. again. Um, all right, so. Back in 1991, it turns out that the Winter Soldier, James Buchanan Barnes, is dispatched by Hydra to kill uh, Tony Stark's parents. Uh, we learned that Tony Stark's parents were killed by Hydra back in uh, Captain America, the, uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, anyhow, so that happens back in 1991. Now, in the future, um, the Avengers are well, the the newish Avengers, the team as it existed at the end of age of ultron is out in the world doing things and uh they are, are on a mission to lagos uh they are following up on uh crossbones and his various goings on um he attacks a medical research facility makes off with a biological weapon uh they chase him through lagos uh take out most of his team um and uh he he tries to blow himself up to kill Steve Rogers. Uh, the Scarlet Witch manages to contain the explosion, shoots it up into the sky where it explodes and blows out an entire floor of an office building. It turns out that in that office building was a goodwill mission from Wakanda, um, and that goodwill mission is killed. So the UN convenes a uh, a meeting to write up what is known as the Sokovia Accords, which is uh, establishing a UN panel to oversee and control the Avengers. Uh, and the various Avengers team members are either for or against this. Uh, Tony's in favor because uh, over the course of his time in the movies, he's sort of come to realize that he, he can't even trust himself um, and that they the, the Avengers oversteps all the time. Uh, whereas Steve is just like, you know, I, I, I really feel like we are the best people equipped to understand what we want to do uh, or, you know, what we're able to do. And, you know, if, if we are under the thumb of a UN panel, then sometimes there are going to be things that we feel we need to act on and we won't be able, and sometimes they will send us into zones where we don't think we should be there, and and that we're, you know, we give up our right to choose if we if we sign this accord. So uh, that splits them up. So uh, Steve uh, learns that uh, Peggy Carter has passed away, so he goes off to, to London to attend her funeral. Uh, Tony... Uh, signs uh black widow attends the un convention the, where they're actually signing and, and ratifying the sokovia accords and the un convention is bombed uh there she uh, it is bombed while uh king t'chaka of wakanda is giving his uh, speech to the un about the accords uh he dies in the explosion and uh, t'challa uh, becomes the new king um and vows revenge against whoever it is that bombed the UN. Footage surfaces of, uh, of what appears to be Bucky Barnes uh, as the Winter Soldier leaving the truck that contained the bomb in front of the UN. Uh, so, 
a an international manhunt is set is set out to track down the Winter Soldier. Of course, the UN sends in, uh, you know, a, no, sorry. Uh, of course, this brings Steve back into the fold as he uh, he realizes that if uh, if like police forces and what have you are sent after Bucky, most of them will die and they will try to kill him on sight. Um, and uh, he also realizes that that this is going to escalate to the point where the Avengers will be sent in, and he's worried that if he doesn't talk Bucky down, uh, members of the Avengers team will die. So he rolls back out against the law and uh, goes to find Bucky. He does find Bucky. There he encounters Black Panther. Black Panther tries to kill Bucky. Uh, Cap and Sam uh, manage to uh, essentially prevent this while still trying to chase Bucky down. Uh, this all comes to a head as they uh, sort of reach a, a stalemate uh, fighting in the middle of, a, middle of a highway and are all taken into custody by the police. Uh, they are then pulled back to, oh, where? Uh, Germany somewhere. Um, at which point they are uh, all taken to like a UN facility um, Bucky is put in confinement, and uh, a psychologist is brought in to do a psych evaluation of Bucky. So, the one plot thread that's been going on alongside here is there's been this uh, mysterious figure who's been pulling strings and, and doing things. He he found a Hydra agent and tortured him to get a book that had a bunch of code words that are used to activate the Winter Soldier. Um, and just as he arrives, a an EMP blast goes off that knocks out all the power in in. I don't remember where they were, uh, but in this German city, um, and they, uh, he activates, he has taken the place of the psychologist, and he activates the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier busts out of the facility, kills a bunch of people along the way. Uh, all the various Avengers try to stop him, uh, but they are caught off guard, and, uh, and things are shaken up, but, uh, uh, like, Steve and, uh, Falcon get away, and uh, T'Challa is like, all right, well, I'm going to go get him. Um, and uh, Tony is left a little beaten and battered. So uh, Steve is off in the wind. Uh, Bucky is off in the wind. And, uh, oh, yeah, so was, at this point, Cap and Falcon do manage to subdue Bucky, and they get him into this, like, warehouse where they just interrogate him to try and find out what exactly is going on. So they do. Uh, they realize that they are going to be hunted by the Avengers, so they need to... Uh, and and they, it comes out in this discussion that this guy that has been pulling strings has now got the information he needs to go to an old Hydra facility from back in 1991 and activate a team of uh, Winter Soldier-style super soldiers that have been in cryogenic sleep in this compound in Siberia for decades since they were put in cryosleep. So they realize that, that the guy who's been pulling all the strings, that's where he's headed, so they head off to stop him. Uh, along the way, they they encounter Tony. Uh, they get the message to Tony that, in fact, this guy has been, like, has been pulling the strings, did frame Bucky for the bombing, um, and has been pitting them against each other. So they head off to Siberia. Tony also sort of, like, skips General Ross's oversight and goes to catch up with them in Siberia. They meet, they catch up with Zemo and he tells their life tells them his life story of uh of how he's, you know, trying trying to bring them low because his family was killed by uh in Sokovia when the like city was dropped on them by the Avengers. 
Um, I guess that happens a little later. Uh, sorry, he he basically gives them uh, a videotape. It turns out he's actually killed all of these Winter Soldiers, but he shows them a videotape of Bucky killing uh, Iron Man's parents. And, uh, of course, Tony looks at Steve and is like, did you know? And Steve says, well, I, I, I didn't know it was him. But did you know? Yes, I did know. Uh, and at that point, Tony flies into a rage, trying to kill Bucky. Steve, of course, being Bucky's friend, tries to stop Tony from killing Bucky. Um, the Black Panther shows up and apprehends Zemo, the uh, the agent who has been uh, pulling the strings. At that point, Zemo tells him his life story of how the Avengers dropped a city on his family. And uh, uh, the Avengers all have it out. Uh, Cap ultimately does subdue uh, Iron Man um, and like brace, breaks the armor in his chest, but not until after Bucky has his robotic arm blown off. Um, and the relationship between Cap and Tony is uh, is is damaged severely. Um, as t uh, Steve walks off, Tony you know yells back at him, "You don't deserve that shield. My dad made that shield." And so Captain America drops the shield, leaving it behind, uh, leaving behind his mantle of Captain America, and sort of wanders off into the sunset. Um, and yeah, there is along the way a big fight where uh, all of the various Avengers team as they have split into their factions face off against each other at an airport just before the sort of final act happens um but it's mostly there for spectacle and 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 it only gives you a little bit of plot development um so i have mostly just skipped over that but that's basically the gist of it it is a a pretty straightforward like puppet master thriller style thing except it's pitting all the avengers against one another the end the end um yeah, that was a pretty good job. It was okay. I I, I, I missed it. the entire airport fight, but uh, uh, well. I mean, it's a big fight at the airport. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. It's super uh, awesome. But yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, yeah, this is definitely um it, it is definitely a puppet master kind of movie. Uh and this is def I would agree I, I would say that this is one that relies on you to be able to let go maybe more than normal with these kind of movies where you just have to be like yep that's fine it's a movie yeah i um, i i've heard that I, before or it's like this requires more suspension of disbelief that he could you know know all this and and pull all these strings and it's it's not any more far-fetched than any other like puppet master i know what you're gonna do because i've studied you for years and i can predict the the actions you're gonna take well i mean that's the thing though is that he hasn't studied these people for years like we're talking about him getting revenge from something that happened a year ago like less the yeah, like basically a year ago yeah i mean he explicitly um, says that i have done nothing but study you for the last year Sure. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it's one of those things where a whole lot of things need to go exactly right sure. for his plan to work. Um, but you just have to, you have to let that go. Oh, yeah. Like, these are not the kind of movies, you know, I was having, I was having this conversation just on stream today. Um, people were like, I bet you're, I, like, do you like Civil War? I bet you kind of don't. And I'm like, I like all of these movies because I am capable of completely shutting off that part of the brain that needs to be shut off to enjoy these movies mm -hmm. because I think it needs to happen Yeah, because these movies are flawed and they're silly, but, 
but they're supposed to be flawed and silly. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I guess when it comes to suspension of disbelief, uh, thinking that a like highly trained special agent whose entire job is like espionage and uh, you know doing hits and political assassinations and political political manipulation uh, that he could over the course of a year figure out how these like really broad strokes characters are going to act when put into a certain situation that requires less suspension of disbelief than like talking raccoons. Sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like I, I don't feel like, like that is he, he's a, he's a secret, like super secret agent that does that kind of thing. It's not that out of his, his like, Ooh, to to be able to do that. I, I would argue that they don't make a huge deal of what his past is. No, they gloss like, over it a what, little bit. But yeah, and that's I think that's a problem is because I think most people just see this as uh, a father and a husband and a son who is out to seek vengeance on this group of people that wronged him. Yes, rather um, than what they establish him as the leader of Sokovia's elite kill squad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, they do gloss over that. But all right, let's. Um, I guess let's uh, get this conversation started proper on this movie. Uh, Matt, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you call a group of U.S.-based enhanced individuals who routinely ignore sovereign borders and inflict their will wherever they choose, and who, frankly, seem unconcerned with what they leave behind? So I take a little bit of exception <laughs> to the last clause of that line. Um, uh-huh. because they seem pretty concerned with what they leave behind. I mean, at this point in the franchise, we haven't, like, we haven't gotten to Homecoming yet, but we learned that, like, uh, collateral damage, like, the, the, like, collateral damage department exists and is owned by Tony Stark. Like, he has a business yeah. th- which exists solely to go around and clean up their mess. Um, yep. and they, like, they make a point of the fact in all the previous movies that, the, like, Mandate number one for the Avengers everywhere they go is to save as many people as they possibly can. Um, And, like, yeah, obviously there's collateral damage that occurs in these fights. And obviously, like, you know, one of the things I like about this movie is that it treats it relative... Like, that aspect of it is treated relatively well, where even if you have this force that goes from, like, sort of, like, unilaterally decides to go into these places and engage in combat in populated areas, even if they are trying to save as many people as possible, most people are only viewing them at arm's length, and so they only see the destruction left behind and not the actual actions being undertaken. Um, Right. And so, like, yeah, a lot of people would fear that and want someone to blame, and... Uh, you know, demand that there be more oversight of this group. So I think that, like, the construction of that element of this storyline is actually handled relatively well. Um, but I, like, General Ross should know better. <laughs> right. Um, like, the, it, they, they are literally sitting there, like, head in their hands, like, oh my god, we screwed up so bad. When he walks in, and then he was like, well, you guys don't seem very bothered by this. Like, they're literally, like, around, like, sitting around being like, Jesus, you guys, we really screwed up. Uh- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, so I guess uh, let's let's remove that first, that final clause. And and just sort of talk about the, the first little bit of his question. I totally don't think he's wrong. 
Like that's yeah. one of the things I like about this movie is is so there's a, like a bunch of things I like in the initial setup of this movie, which is um, a like the the desire for the Sokovia Accords is totally un- like understandable and and relatable within the context of the world they've created to this point, right? Like yep. yeah, the Avengers are dropping cities out of the skies, out of the sky. Like they're not putting the cities in the sky, but they're definitely dropping them out of the sky. Um, and so the, like, the fear that the people on Earth would have is totally reasonable. Um, and I feel like Tony is definitely, I, I wish they had put a little bit finer point on it, because he, like, he gives a speech where it's like, we can't be trusted, but it's really, he can't be trusted. And, like, he should point the finger at himself a little bit more than he does. Um, because, like, literally the last movie, he created an artificial intelligence that nearly destroyed the earth um yeah. and and then solved it by doubling down by creating another artificial and in, artificially intelligent being to kill the first artificially intelligent being because he didn't know what else to do like uh tony is completely in need of oversight and he's extrapolating that to the rest of the team but it's his own insecurity talking um, but I think he's naturally in that play. Like, I don't think it's out of character for him at this point in the franchise um, to be in the position he's in. Um, another thing that I don't think is out of character is at, like, the movie breezes through it quickly and it could have, again, made a stronger point of it. But when Steve says he's not going to sign the Accords, he is essentially retiring. Like, he's ready yes. to stop being Captain America. Um, yeah. it's not him like when he's like, I can't do it. That is not him being like, I can't do it. I'm going to go rogue right now. And you can't stop me. That's him being like, I can't do it. You're going to have to go on without me. And it just happens that like he, he's like, I can't do it. I can't sign and then leaves and then immediately gets pulled back in by Bucky's reappearance. Um, right. and so there's not a lot of time to breathe on that where it like, he doesn't have a chance to actually be like, okay, well, I guess I'm not an Avenger anymore. What do I do next? Um, but the like the implication of his choice is that he is going to stop um, and not continue doing it. And then it comes back later that he doesn't, re- like after he gets pulled back in by Bucky, it sort of comes out that he doesn't really feel like he can stop. <laughs> he Like he sort of comes to the realization that like, yeah, I see a situation that's headed south and I have to insert myself into it. It's just in my nature. Um, but at that point, he's already, like, he was pulled in by his personal connection to Bucky, not a desire to intervene in in a... Like, to save Bucky and to save the other Avengers, um, not by just, like, a personal desire to do the right thing independent of that. Um so like he he's ready to walk away and and or more or less ready to walk away and that's like that's in character for Steve at this point cuz he's been like he's been betrayed by oversight and by like shadowy organizations so many times that it feels natural again that he'd be suspicious of that I mean it's 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 interesting because they I mean regardless of how both Stark and and Rogers get to where they are at the end of this film they they at some point kind of cross paths with each other and become the person that they were when they started like which is to say that by the end like when they start Tony's all about like 
yeah, screw you guys. I'm Iron Man. I've privatized world peace. You don't need anybody but me. I'm I'm good. To oh god, I need oversight. Yeah. And then you have you have Captain America who started in the US Army. There there is no more like there's nowhere else you can go with more, you know, restraint and rules and regulations. Yeah. And he was never burned by the army, right? No. So and and by the end of this movie, he's kind of like Okay, I just need to, you know, well, I will okay, do whatever actually, I need to do. He kind of was burned by the army back in the like in the first Captain America movie where he's like, "All right, I'm a super soldier now." And then they sent him on USO, and then he was like, "All right, this entire like platoon is trapped behind any enemy lines along with Bucky. Let's go save them." And they're like, "Hell no." And then he has to go do it himself. Um, like, yeah. like he, he did get burned by the army a little bit, but he, he, like, you're right. He starts in a place where like his position is absolutely duty to like his, his, his I mean, like, it's, it's, duty it, to the law and duty to is, his country and that kind of thing. I, it, I think you could fairly simply, simply boil it down to it is, it is order versus chaos, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe not to those degrees, but when you first meet Captain America, he is about order. Yes. Uh, and when you first meet Tony Stark, he's more or less about chaos. Uh, and by the end of this, they look a little bit different, order and chaos, I would argue. But they're still there, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty interesting. Um, do you, I mean, look, there's a, a lot of videos out there. Um, I would really highly recommend... Um, checking out, um, there's a channel, a uh, movie sort of uh, analysis channel that I watch called Wisecrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like a month or two ago, they released a video called The Political Philosophy, Philosophy of Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highly re- recommend going to check it out um, just because I don't want to get too deep on the who was right and who was wrong, mainly because I, there, I don't, there is clearly no right answer. To that question they both um, have points yeah they i mean they both have points and they both have bad point they both have good points and bad points yeah um and a lot of it is emotion and but a lot of it is some pretty interesting uh philosophy and i would highly recommend checking it out uh i'll i'll put the links below um but again yeah it's just called the political philosophy of captain america's of war over on wisecrack uh it's a really good video nice um, i haven't seen that one yeah, it's good. You should uh, go check it out after we're done here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess apart from the the core of this film, which is this, you know, two opposing sides coming to head, um, what 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 do you think of the movie overall, structure wise, pacing wise? Like, is it a good movie? Like, is yes. it a, is it a well made movie? Yes. This movie okay. is super stylish. I love the look of it. I love the title cards. Like the opening of this movie had me from second one, um, when it's the, you know, the like it just opens on the plane of Siberia and it's just like, I don't remember what the title card says now, but it's like Siberia nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. I think is the opening title card, right? Um, yeah. And and that that little like, uh, what's the word? That that little like thing. Where they go back to the title card every time they change location. Like, that's super cool. Um, the Most of the action in the movie is shot really well. Uh, they doubled down on the, like, the superness of the 
like of Captain America and Bucky and like how hard people hit um and like that whole first fight scene where um they're up against crossbones like that's just super people doing super things for like 10 straight minutes and it's awesome it's awesome um and then the chase with uh with black panther and captain america and falcon and bucky again awesome like that whole thing is super cool um the the big fight at the um at the airport is again it's like it's fun and it's energetic and there's lots going on and you get good character moments with everybody and it's like all spectacle and it's super fun um and then the final fight between uh captain america and iron man and bucky at the end like they're cribbing images from the comic book which is awesome um and making it look like not awkward like making it look natural and making it look um intense and exciting and emotional and like it's dark and it's brutal um but it's not grim dark <laughs> it's it, just it's, like it's, you feel for what the characters are going through in that scene it's a, i think they did a really really great job of setting up that fight scene that final showdown between captain america and iron man um, and how, yeah, it, it is a brutal emotional scene. Like these are two people who are, are now properly fighting. And when you, you compare that to the airport fight, yeah, the airport fight is, it's fun. Yeah. Like it, like there's, there's obviously stakes there, but nobody is there to hurt one another. Yeah. Right. They're just there. To, nobody to get wants to get hurt way. in that fight. Yeah. Um, and to go from that to that final fight with, with. Uh, Tony and Steve is it's it's hard like mm-hmm. that's a that's a hard scene to watch or it's a hard fight to watch because you you love both of these characters yeah there's like, there's one d- detail in that fight that I really like that like I picked up more on watching it last night um, which is also again mentally where the characters are at at that point because what brings them into that fight is different right like uh, Tony goes into that fight wanting to kill Bucky. That is his, like, he's gone off the handle. I don't care. He killed my mom. Bucky's going to die. Um, Cap gets into that fight just to stop Tony from killing Bucky. He does, He again, Cap doesn't really want to hurt Iron Man. He's just doing whatever it takes to stop him from killing Bucky. Um, and if that means, like, killing him, then so be it. But... It's like, that's not where he's at. He's like, he's in a defensive position going into that fight. Um, And at the end of that fight, in the very final scene where Cap, like, he like hammers his shield against his mask like three or four times until it breaks off and then raises the shield one more time. You see Iron Man like go to protect his head um, because like Tony is afraid that Steve is going to kill him there. Um, yeah. and of course, like Steve is not, he's friends. He, he is just really just trying to incapacitate him. He's angry, but he's not murderously angry. Um, and then he comes down and breaks the, the arc reactor. And like, from an emotional point of view, like Tony has had his trust broken so much that he thinks his best friend on earth is about to kill him. Um, like that's. And it's just a, like a little reaction detail, but it's like, that's, that's a hell of a fight. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, how about uh, we got we got some new characters in this one, mm-hmm. um, both of which um, also have their own movie now. Yes, which is, we get we get Black Panther. Yep, um, and we get Spider Man. Yeah, we do. Um, Little Babo Spider Man. He's such a precious yeah. cinnamon roll. Yeah, he is. I mean, so I I I think it's fair to say that um, Black Panther gets a little bit more uh, a little bit more setup, a little bit more meat in this movie. Um, what with you know the killing of his father and all, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of the emotional investment of of his character and what he means to the story. Whereas Spider Man, he comes in and he's he's cute and he's funny, um, and it's it's a I think it was a good way to to bring him into this series, uh, but it wasn't anything like anything sort of as big as it was for Black Panther. Yeah. Um, do you do you like how both these characters were introduced in this film? I do. Um, like one of the things I like, and it was one of the, thing, the things that everybody was worried about when they announced that Spider-Man was joining the MCU is like, oh, another intro. We're gonna have another origin story. Um, and I like, I just like the fact that they they skip over that. They just bring him into this movie as an established superhero. Clearly, like you know, he's he's in his first few months as Spider-Man, but we know how Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man. So it's just like Tony's like, oh, okay, there's a there's a Spider-Man in Queens, let's go get him, and then the movie just drops him in. And is like, oh yeah, Spider-Man exists. That's cool. Yeah. That like that's a good way to to just be like, oh yeah, Spider-Man. He's a kid. Whatever. He exists in Queens. He's small time compared to the rest of these guys. Um, which, and they, they basically do the same thing for Ant-Man in this, except that he already existed, like his movie had already happened where at this point it's just like, okay, Ant-Man exists also. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, whatever, here he is. He, he's again, small time compared to these guys, but he's got a useful skill. Um, I mean, I, I think I would probably argue that, well, I mean, maybe they would have done it. Um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of characters um you can do what they did with spider-man no they uh, they definitely like, would have needed to have like they needed the origin story for ant-man for instance yeah they needed the origin story with ant-man i mean you sort of get the start of black panther's origin story here right like that yeah. is i mean they essentially you, lay it out yeah like this this is how this journey for this character begins uh with the killing of his father um, and we get that inside of this movie that has just all this other stuff going on, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. Like you don't really, you, you kind of don't think of it that way, but like, yeah, there is an origin story in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to Black Panther, yeah. which is pretty sweet. What else do we talk about? Uh, things, movie stuff. stuff? Yeah. Move things and stuff. Do you got anything you want to, you want to chat about? Um, what do I want to chat about that we haven't chatted about already? Um. Nah, <laughs> nothing's coming to mind. <laughs> nah, nah, <laughs> you lead the we're way. Good. Uh, um, goofs. I mean, I don't so know. Do, we, do we move on to goofs? No, nah, I mean, we. I guess let let's chat about um the bad guy for a minute because you know it would be rude not to talk. Oh, about that's the bad fair. Guy. Yeah. Um. So the bad guy here uh was Zemo. Yes. Um. We we talked Helmet briefly. Zemo. Yeah, we talked briefly about him at, at the top of the show in the sense that you kind of have to put aside the fact that everything needed to go right for this guy to get these characters in the position that he wanted him in. But, he, I mean, this is not a terribly uh, 
complex bad guy. This is a story of revenge. Um, but it's 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 to facilitate a much bigger story, right? Mm-hmm. Everything needs to go right for this guy because we need everything to go right. Because once everything goes right, we get that payoff that this movie is set out to to deliver. Right. So you kind of just have to be like, it, it doesn't matter how silly or outlandish this guy's plan was. And to be honest, it wasn't that silly. No. Um, uh, you know, m- maybe there's a, a few small things here or there that you're like, well, meh, okay, sure, why not? But again, you just, you need all of these things to fall into place so that we get this, you know, this civil war. Yeah. Um, actually, um, one thing I wanted to talk about because I know that I so I haven't personally read the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, where how how does this stack up to the comics? It's way better. <laughs> it's <laughs> way better. Um, so what's what's the story with the comics? Okay, as quickly as possible. So like really- again, as quickly as possible. The the gist of the comic books is that the New Warriors, a a like two bit D list superhero team, is filming a reality TV show. And uh, they are chasing... This is already stupid. I know. They're filming a reality TV show in... I'm not going to be able to remember the name of the town, but a small town in the U.S., uh, like Midwest. Um, And they have chased down... Oh, I cannot remember the name of the bad guy. But the the bad guy's power is that he blows up. Um, So they've they've cornered him and uh, the speedball as a member of the the new warriors like tries to capture him like gets arrogant and thinks he can do it tries to capture him and the guy blows up and in blowing up he blows up an elementary school and takes out 600 children along with himself um Jesus. yeah and then goes on the run because he's his powers that he blows up but he doesn't die uh so he he runs off and gets away um and that turns um public sentiment against the the supers right because they see these people being irresponsible for like press and so they launch the superhero registration act uh, wherein all heroes have to register their identities with the government of the united states in order to be allowed to continue to operate and failure to register means that you will be sent to an interdimensional prison that was developed by hank pym and uh mr fantastic uh, I'm not even kidding. That is straight up what it is. So, of course, Cap is like, uh, this is extremely not cool. And Iron Man is like, but no, we actually have to do this because if we don't, they will do something worse later on. Uh, Iron Man's storyline in, in the comic book is more or less the same. He's just a bigger jerk about it. Um, <laughs> like, he goes way further. Um, Fair enough. And, and anyhow, so Cap goes on the run and recruits a bunch of heroes. And Iron Man uh, also basically... Uh, like one of the things they lift is that at that point spider-man is basically iron man's uh sidekick um so uh iron man talks peter into revealing his secret identity at a press conference uh to show his support for the the superhero registration act um and uh and he does that and then kingpin takes out a hit on him but accidentally shoots aunt may and aunt may nearly dies and then spider-man like changes sides and then as aunt may is in hospital uh like bleeding to death in a coma uh he gets super dark and like puts the black suit back on and then goes out to try and kill the the um the kingpin um and Tony and Iron Man fight, and in their first big blowout fight, Goliath dies, um, and all the heroes have a sad about that. 
and uh, then they they go off, and then like the the anti registration heroes discover this interdimensional prison, and then they go and break out all the he- the supers that have been trapped in the prison, um, and then they all join the fight to stop Tony, and then there's another big fight, and then after the like the iconic moment of like Iron Man with the beam and Cap with the shield that's that's cribbed by the movie, um, after that they like realize that all the fighting they're doing is just like obliterating cities and people are getting even angrier at them. And so, (laughs) and so cap surrenders and is taken for like taken into custody and is sent for prosecution. And on his way to court is assassinated by agent 13, who is, who is like under mind control from, Oh, who was it? Who was it that, that mind controlled her i don't i don't remember it it was like oh one of the big bads from the marvel comic universe had like mind controlled her and and so she murdered captain america um and didn't realize like and she snaps out of it while he's like bleeding to death on the steps of of the the courthouse and at that point they were sort of like a, a couple and so she like murders him and then immediately forgets that she's murdered him realizes he's been murdered and he dies in her arms <laughs> wow and then during all this also uh what is it zemo is put in charge zemo baron zemo or whatever from the comic books being a very different character from the zemo of this movie um is put in charge of the thunderbolts and like collects a whole bunch of bad guys um including the now turned uh, speedball who was uh like who became penance he got so up like he got so upset for what he had done trying to capture the guy that blows up that he changed his superhero identity because his powers changed so that they were fueled off of pain so he built himself an armor suit that had like needles on the inside that would like that would stab him and cause him to become like to be able to fuel his powers off of the pain he was experiencing um and so the Thunderbolts with, like, Zemo and, uh, uh, what's the name of, uh, Spider-Man, Osborn, Norman Osborn, and, like, a bunch, and Penance, and, like, a bunch of different villains as this, like, Black Ops team that was operating sort of, like, in the gray area of the law, um, and a bunch of heroes, like, moved to Canada and then discovered that Canada had always had a superhero registration act, because of course we did. Um, what? I'm not what? even what? kidding. Um... I... You need to wrap this up. My head's about to explode. <laughs> Civil War in the comics was dumb. That's so stupid. It was really funny. Uh, the best thing out of Civil War is the Thing moved to France, and of so there's a did. there's a shot of like the Thing sitting in a cafe wearing a beret, um, and yeah, it, like Civil War wow. was real silly. Um, there was one other thing that I was going to touch on. Uh, Civil War got Tony Stark voted Villain of the Year by IGN in 2006 or 7, as I recall. Lol. Um, You know you're doing it right when Iron Man is is the Villain of the Year. The year year before you launch the Marvel Cinematic Universe with an Iron Man movie, yeah. Um, It was was real silly. Um, I have barely even scratched the surface of how silly it was. Um, Q, Q, Q Movie Bob comics comics are are weird weird. because oh my god that's ridiculous yeah so this so stupid this movie takes like the the 
the central core of that idea that has some promise and then basically like just chips all the nonsense away from it and forms it into like the best possible version of that story so like this movie is way better than the comic book event of the same name all right cool um there's one other thing that i wanted to talk about before i guess we can get to the goofs and wrapping up and ranking this thing which is i i feel like I can't remember if it was last episode or a few episodes ago. It was probably during the Avengers. We talked about how uh, we would I pers- I would personally ever be shocked if they properly killed off a character uh, in this film series. Oh, and I'm, yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about like one of the main ones because I I look I love Rhodey uh, and you know War Machine is great, but. This movie would have hit so much harder if they'd killed him off. Yeah, I'd, I I like don't like had... the construction of that event, like that moment in the movie. Um, I I find the like it's really contrived. <laughs> I mean, sure, he did. He did. Like Falcon didn't do anything wrong. All he did was move out of the way, and yeah. And, and then I what what I never got was like because afterwards he tony is talking to vision he's like how did that even happen and it's just like because the vision says like i, I got, got distracted. distracted and i'm like didn't even know that was possible and all this weird it's like why what no that he, he 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 targeted falcon he shot his laser beam falcon dodged it <laughs> and, and hit roadie. happened to be perfectly in time with roadie yeah and it's just like that that's not a that's that's not you getting distracted that's just falcon moving out of the way of a freaking laser beam a freaking laser beam <laughs> that roadie ordered vision to shoot yeah like that whole um, scene is silly that the the only salvageable moment in that entire okay salvageable is is being over mean to it but um the best moment in that entire sequence is falcon landing going i'm sorry and tony shooting him with a repulsor <laughs> yes <laughs> and that the was a good fall he like flips entirely over lands on his head and then like folds over backwards yeah um um but like I, I, they they put it in because they needed to like add some what well, they felt they needed to add some emotional weight to that fight i guess but it sure. just ends up feeling super contrived and that's fair and i'm sure that there's probably a better way for them to have have done it um but that's that that scene that example is why i just don't see them doing it like they were too afraid to kill off war machine well they were too afraid to have one of their heroes kill off war machine like let's be let's be clear about the scenario that they concocted um i i so i okay like that so what they're that scene exists because um the point that like sentiment among the superheroes in the comic book started to turn was when they killed Goliath. Um, like he died in a super super fight in in like the comic event of the same name, and so they they probably just just to live up to expectation had felt like they had to put someone like in the position of maybe dying to get that same kind of effect where everybody realized they'd gone too far. Um, and I guess they they felt like they could do it without actually killing him. And I you know I think they they succeed. He doesn't die, and all of the heroes kind of realize they went too far. Um, so that like the emotional purpose of that scene is served. Um, do, wait, but uh, but it, it yeah, do, yeah 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 it, do it does they... feel like a cop out for the from a filmmaking well, perspective. 
but also, do, do you feel like... I, I don't feel like that stopped anybody. Like... Well, it it did. I mean, like, at that point, it was... Uh, you know, they... they it, it, it essentially stopped everybody because all the heroes that were on Cap's side at that point surrender and, like, get put in floaty ocean prison. Um, sure. Which was, like, part of the plan at that point, but they, like... That is a sin. Like Falcon stops and is like, "I am sorry, <laughs> I you know I did not mean for that to happen." And Vision is like, "Well, dang, I, oops." And yeah, Tony is now like, happen. "Yeah," and and Tony is now like, "Oh, geez, my, you know my my other best friend on Earth is now like paralyzed from the waist down. Like, th- this has gotten serious." Because, like, that, the the entire fight leading up to that point was play fighting, right? Like, they are there to be in each other's way. And they get a little angrier at each other throughout the course of that fight as things spiral out of control. And, you know, they throw a, a fuel truck at, at Rhodey and they Vision drops the, the control tower on them. And uh, Black Widow changes sides. And, like, they're pulling their punches it, on, right up until the point where they're not. And at that point, they re- and then somebody gets hurt, and it's no longer fun in games. And then we move into the final act of the film, where it's actually like a mortal fight. Um, and like, I feel like that that works. I like functionally, I feel like it works, even if from a filmmaking, like from a sort of inside baseball point of view, it feels like a cop out. Right. All right. I I will sort of side with you on that one but i'm still of the opinion that they're too scared to kill anybody off. i could see <laughs> i could see thanos killing somebody it who do you i don't yeah. know i don't want to say goodbye to any of them so i don't want to like i mean put a look, name on the board we, right i mean we're getting ahead of ourselves we talk about this next week because next week is dr strange but we live and exist in the universe now where time travel is a thing so nothing the hell matters yeah um but but i still like i don't know they released a new round of posters today and hawkeye's not in any of them again um but but my suspicion my suspicion is that they're not showing hawkeye but just based on things people like the russos have said where it's like he's on his own journey in this movie um that they're just hiding him because i suspect he's not hawkeye anymore i suspect he's someone else um, I I but, will but... I will one hundred uh, yeah I mean obviously we don't know what the hell is going on but I will I will be incredibly surprised if they kill off Hawkeye who is the one character I I mean I guess they've you know there are a few characters but the one character we actually know is like this you know super gentle husband father I know. character and it's just like wow okay savage yeah that then I'll then I will on this podcast. I guess on the last episode, be like, kudos, Marvel. You did it. <laughs> the, and maybe I'll I'll try to be fighting back tears when I say it, because I agree. I don't want anybody to die, because I like all these people too much. Yeah. But I will give kudos where kudos is due. I don't know. Um, By the same token, I feel like if they do kill Hawkeye, he is the character that they will kill that the fewest people will care about. Um, and sure. so it'll have less impact. Like, I, I if they're going to uh, kill somebody, I, I think they I, kill somebody meaningful. <laughs> Nah, I think you could easily kill off. I think you could kill uh, Scarlet Witch, but they—I don't um, think they will. No, I'm just saying you could. Yeah. Um. I. I would be. If they want it yeah, to no, hurt, actually... like if they actually want it to hurt, it's got to be one of the big ones. 
Um, well, yeah. Like, it's I mean, got to be, be... We, you know, it's probably not Cap. Um, it could very well be Iron Man. Um, I, I would be blown away if, A, they kill him off, and, B, stick with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the sticking with it is the second part of that equation. But Yeah, but that's the problem. I, I suspect that if they... They had better. It will it will grate me forever if they kill somebody in a movie and then undo it in the same film. Sure. Like well, maybe it, they'll undo it in the second Right. Film. Like, if they were to kill, say, Iron Man in Infinity War and then time travel him back into existence in Infinity War and not in Avengers 4, I would be oh. so mad. Um, oh, yeah. He's got to stay really dead lame. for at least the end of that movie. Yeah, well, you got to let your audience think about that for a year, yeah. not three minutes. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. All right. Let's start wrapping this up because I smell dinner. Oh. Um, we've got the goofs. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of goofs, and they're very good. There are a lot of goofs. This is a good um, one for goofs. It's not as what, as ungoofy as uh, as Winter Soldier was, so I like the goofs. No, it's true. Um, what What are some of your, your big bigger goofs? Oh, man, there are so many. Um, so... Uh, Starting the beginning, um, I'm a big fan of uh, of Falcon and Black Widow's exchange, where he's like, uh, you know, say thank you. I'm not thanking it. His name is Red Wing. Go on, <laughs> yeah. go on, give him a little pat. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, moving on, uh, in the big airport fight, the uh, Spider Man everything is great. Um, Spider Man, yeah, I mean, the- <laughs> you have the right to remain silent. That doesn't obey the laws of physics at all. Um, like every line he has in that entire bit is great. Um, my, so in that fight is probably where my favorite, at least, um, uh, dialogue based goof is, which is when my Ant-Man shrinks down and goes into, uh, the Iron Man suit. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, you're going to have to take this into the shop. (laughs) And and Iron Man's like, who's speaking? (laughs) He's like, it's your conscious. We don't talk a lot these days. That's a really good one. Yes, I like it that is. one a lot. It it it's entirely um because of Paul Rudd's delivery cuz he's just really good. Yeah. Um because I think my other really the the big one is when with with the same two people um in the prison when he's like, you know, Hank Ping Hank Pym did never or did say never trust a Stark. He's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. Oh, come and on. And it's like, "Come on, man." And it's very reminiscent of like uh uh guardians of the galaxy yes when he's like you know you might know me from another name star lord star who oh come on man yeah star lord it's just it's really good yeah i like those two a lot um you like cats (laughs) which is just such a great line i like every every single line that falcon delivers in this movie is gold um but i i think my favorite my absolute favorite bit is um okay so uh, my my runner up for favorite bit is Cap uh, holding the helicopter, and then he flips his arm into the curl. <laughs> That's not a yes, goof. it is. I erupted That's... laughing watching that. It's so good. It's it, like it's meant to be a dramatic moment, but it's hilarious. Like it uh... is. Um, but the the real like actual like favorite goof is um. When Cap shows up in the VW with Bucky and Falcon in it, <laughs> yeah. and like Agent Thirteen is like, "I'm not 
sure you're clear on the concept of a getaway car and he's like well you know it's it's inconspicuous and then it cuts to the car and and the like bucky is in the back and he's like can you move your seat forward falcon's just like no <laughs> no and then it like cuts yeah. away for a second then it cuts back and bucky like shifts over <laughs> well i just i mean yeah like so my one of my favorite sort of visual like goofy bits was in that scene when uh cap kisses agent 13 right and, looks and he back. looks back at the car and falcon and bucky are there giving him the like the little nod yeah. yeah yeah and i'm just like ah this is great this is the reason why i like these movies because they take a second to just have fun with it yeah and be like yeah you just kissed a girl good job dude <laughs> <laughs> which i love it's really good. yeah that that i love that sequence it's so good the the cuts back are like just perfect just absolutely perfect yeah all right well where oh no no do we have gripes we haven't done gripes yet james oh, please there what gri- i, I mean, have what one gripes do you have i have one movie. single gripe and I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna ruin the movie for everybody from okay. now until forever I, ha- I, ha- I highly doubt it but let's let's hear it so when zemo is interrogating the hydra agent in his house he uh-huh. he hangs him over a sink which is filling with water uh, uh-huh. And and the guy knows that the sink is going to fill up and it's going to drown him. Mm-hmm. Except that he's hung such that his nose and mouth are both above the line of the sink. So when the water does ultimately fill the sink, he is entirely capable of keeping his mouth and nose above the water level. But he says, Hail Hydra, and then submerges his nose, but leaves uh-huh. his mouth is never even in danger of sinking below the water line. Uh-huh. But he starts to drown anyhow. And it's like, dude, you can breathe. At worst, you're waterboarding that, yourself. You can breathe. That, that is a pretty, pretty big nitpick. I think you're, uh, you're I think you're diving a little deep not, into this one. <laughs> go watch that scene. You'll never unsee it. Well, I mean, it's just, so you're, okay. So what you're saying is uh, you are annoyed with the framing of the shot. Yes. Because they could have reframed it in such a way that you would not be able to tell that. Yes. And to be honest, I don't. I literally watched it last night, and I remember that scene, and I don't remember it being in a spot where he would be just fine doing it. But yeah, if, if, if you go back and watch that scene very carefully, you'll notice that his nose, like he is never in danger of drowning. He is like fully above the line of the sink. <laughs> All right. Well, you've ruined the movie for everybody forever. You're welcome. You suck. I know. Where do you put this movie? Very Matt? high. How high though? Very is high. It in your t- is it in your top three? It is. So that means that something is leaving your top three today. It does. Because right now your top three is Winter Soldier, Avengers, and then the second Avengers. Yeah. So what gets knocked out? Ooh, it's tough. Um, well, I mean, like, obviously the Avengers. It's, it, uh, it's obviously in my top three, but it's um, like I love this movie. Um, but. It's, it, it's. I guess it's not a question of which one gets knocked out. Avengers: Age of Ultron gets knocked out. Yeah, but it's just does it go behind? Does it go ahead of Winter Soldier? Behind Winter Soldier? Or ahead of the ahead of the Avengers or behind the Avengers? Um, there, there's part of you that thinks this could be number one. There is part of me that thinks I love this movie. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but I think. 
feel like you should know where these are going to go before we I, start recording. I've been recording. thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. But, it, you know, it's sometimes it comes down to the wire when you make that final decision. I have to sit on it for a while and mull it over. And then talking through it with you helps me come to my conclusion. So That's fair. Yeah, um, no, you're not wrong. This one goes at number three behind the Avengers. All right. So behind the Avengers, but ahead of Age of Ultron. Yes, but I feel bad about that. You feel, oh, really? I want to put this movie at number one, but I think it belongs at number three. Wait, you want, so you, and you're not even willing to put it at two. It's, it's tough. It's like, I, I think I like, just like this movie better than The Winter Soldier. Um, I think The Avengers is a, like a tighter, like, more concise film um yeah it's hard it's hard like there's there's like i said there's a lot going on in this one it does the a lot that it does better than age of ultron does what it does um like there is definitely a part of me that wants to, this to be at number one um but maybe Sorry. you're right maybe it goes at number two i think i think i've reconsidered i think it goes at number two um, okay. And I'm now I'm going to have so, to go watch this and the Winter Soldier back to back so that when we do our revisit, <laughs> I know for sure which one is better. Um, that's fair. But I like I love this movie. I this is seeing this in theaters was probably the most fun I had at a Marvel movie to to that point. Um and I have like I have been blown away by a lot of Marvel movies seeing them opening night in theaters. But like I was riding on cloud nine after this movie. Um, it was Fair basically enough. just everything I wanted. So yeah, like even putting it at number two feels like I'm selling it short. Well, I can tell you that I uh, easily slot this in at number three. Um, it is. It is not better. It, it for me, it is not better than Winter Soldier. Um, it is damn close to the Avengers, but um, very, very little. Like so, you just said that this is the most fun you've ever had uh, going to uh, an MCU film in the theaters, and for me, that probably will always. Even though the Avengers is is my number two film on this list. Um, at least in terms of movie going experiences, the theater experience, nothing will ever beat the Avengers for me. Yeah. Um, just because it, it was just so It was the first time. It was just the first time and it's just it's really hard to beat that first time. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's that's um, fair. I, I like you, you heard how much trouble I was having with this. I feel like yeah. it's a dead heat, right? Like we're yeah. talking millionths of a point. <laughs> All right, so, okay, so Matt has put this at number two. I have put this at number three. So that um, knocks Iron Man out of my top three and Age of Ultron out of Matt's top three, Mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, Next week, we will be talking about, is it Doctor Strange? It's Doctor Strange. Yeah, it is Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's interesting, because this one, the after-credit scenes in this movie don't correspond to uh either of the next two films correct but we'll get to that in a little bit right will we i don't know let's find out i don't know what you're talking Um, about james (laughs) thank you everybody for uh tuning in once again this week uh that was a lot of fun 
Um, as I said, we'll be back next week with some Doctor Strange and a proper 100% set schedule for what it is we're going to be doing in April because we have uh, quite a bit of, well, we have probably two weeks of doubling up. So we will make sure to hash out that schedule um, before uh, next Tuesday when we record the Doctor Strange episode. And we will let you all know. Uh, But in the meantime, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for supporting us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Um, Of course, you can follow myself and Matt over on Twitter at James underscore LRRI. That is me. Matt is at Matt underscore LRR. Um, You can find links to our our proper website um, and Matt's Twitch and YouTube channel in the description below. Matt, just the other day... I did. Caught up. I did. On all of his movies over on his YouTube channel. I did. I knocked them you, out. You, you, you did a bit of a lightning round for everything that you've seen up until recently. Yeah, it's like a string um, of eight three-minute vlogs <laughs> Yeah, just to get caught fine. up. But yeah, it yeah. worked out. Sweet. So you can go check those out. Uh, yeah, check out the link below. Um, and yeah, I think that'll just about wrap it up. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Yeah, the bacon smells too good. I can't wait as long this time. Oh, there's bacon. There's bacon, Matt. I gotta eat my bacon. All right, let's uh, let's chat here. We got a mid credit scene, um, and this is a big one. This one actually ties into the post credit scene of the most recent movie, which is uh, Bucky Barnes mm-hmm. is uh, basically uh, allowed into Wakanda uh, along with uh, Captain America. So. It's kind of cool that they now are aware of what Wakanda... I mean, it's not something you really think about, but they are aware of what Wakanda is Yes. at this point, right? Like, they know what's going on there. Yeah. Which is pretty big, so... Yeah, they're like, they're invited in. Yeah, and I mean, the the it's a pretty simple scene. It's basically just Bucky has made the decision that, you know, until you until they can figure out how to get what Hydra put into his head out that it would just be safer for everybody uh, to just put him into cryo. Mm-hmm. Which which I guess would lead to believe, again, talking about the most recent post credit scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't seen Black Panther, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler. Just a um, one. But uh, he's awake at the end of Black Panther. Just, you know, he's just in Wakanda hanging out and stuff like that. Uh, so I guess maybe they figured it out. Or maybe they just didn't figure it out and were like, eh, we'll just take the risk. I think the implication is clearly that they have deprogrammed him. I, my, that would be my guess as yeah. well. But, um, yeah, and then... And we get to see is... the, the sweet uh, panther yeah, statue. Yeah, the big panther yeah. statue, which is pretty dope. Um, you don't see a whole lot of Wakanda, um, but the, the design of the space that he was in, like, there was it was similar enough mm-hmm. um with the actual uh like presumably he was in uh oh, I can't remember her character's name but his Black Panther sister's um lab would be my guess yeah is probably where he was um but yeah clearly they you know they designed that and said you know here's what it looked like a few <laughs> years ago yeah maybe make it look like this a bit um and then there's the post credit scene which is just a tease at the new Spider-Man yeah. movie. His suit's got an, is, his suit's got a light that 
has a computer apparently. Hey. Yeah. Which is uh the th- which is like three movies from now? Yes. From where two we're at right now because we now. go to well we go Doctor Strange, we do we do Doctor Strange Guardians 2. Yeah. Then Spider-Man. Yeah. Then Thor, yeah. Black Panther, yeah. and then we're done. So Yeah, we're getting down to the wire. I know. Five five movies left. I know. Um of the 18 that are currently out. Um, and then Infinity War. Uh, and somebody actually in uh, the most recent episode uh, said, hey, you should like live stream the final episode. And yeah, that sounds like a good idea. It's actually something that Matt suggested. So I, I suggested it based on somebody like tweeting me about it. <laughs> so like I didn't I'm not the originator of that idea. I just thought it was a good idea. That's fair. So um, maybe, yeah, I think that's actually something that we will do. So um, I guess we can talk more about it when we're getting a little bit closer, especially in the the final like two episodes. But we'll just mention it right now. Um, We are seeing Black Panther, or not Black Panther, Infinity War Thursday, April 26th at 10 o'clock p.m.? Something like that. Enough time for me to get Um, off the boat and get straight to the movie theater, basically. Yeah, so 10 p.m. Pacific. I better not miss Um, that boat. Yeah, so 10 p.m. Pacific, we're going to go see Infinity War, um, and then Matt and I are going to go back to the office. and <laughs> like 1 a.m. Pacific. To, yeah, yeah, something like that. We're going to set up. Um, actually, I'll make sure that we're set up ready <laughs> yeah, to go. Please make sure there. it's set up beforehand. <laughs> um, and then we'll we'll go live. We'll record the podcast as we normally would. This time we'll do video as well, so... If you are a listener or watcher of this podcast over on YouTube, then uh, at least with this episode, you will be able to see our smiling faces. Um, and yeah, we'll just live stream I the podcast version. <laughs> yeah, I hope we're smiling too. Uh, we'll live stream the podcast version or the portion and then give it a proper sign off. And then we can spend a little bit of time chatting with whoever is around at 2, 2.30 in the morning, our time. Which I assume can't be many people, but you know, you never know. Hey, all of Europe will be awake, right? Yeah, it's true. It's 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 great for our European viewers, uh, and Asia and Australia. Yeah. Will Infinity uh, War have opened there by then? It usually like Marvel movies yes. usually open yeah. ahead of time in uh Yeah. Australians overseas, right? especially will have been able to see it like several hours before us. Oh, all right. So But yeah, so you can look forward to that. So that's coming up. We'll do that. Um April 26th, though technically the very early morning here of April 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay. We're, we're, we're for real reels done this time. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>